0: with you, Susan Rosen.
1: Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, and I have a guest today by the name of Jeff Kelton, and Jeff is a really interesting person here. I think that what I really was most interested in, in having him come on, is that he has actually been pointing more towards getting involved with relaxation and with your body. He has a Facebook group on it and he has a book. Um, But he has a very interesting background and and we'll have, I'll ask Jeff to, to give us some information and kind of give us the story of how he's through the years kind of ended up where he is and come to the conclusions that he has. Um, And I thought it was really interesting. One of the things that, that Jeff had sent me as part of a description of him in his life is that he said that he's been an incessant wanderer for much of his life. Um, and I'm not sure that that necessarily only means in his physical body wandering around, which I know he's done a lot of that as well. But um, I think it's more also having to do with the mind and the whole life experience, I guess, maybe is a, is a good way to describe it. So welcome, Jeff. And um, if you want to give us a, a little bit more information, I always think it's it's kind of easier for people to describe themselves than it is for me to start trying to pick and choose <laughs> which pieces to talk about.
2: Well, thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me on your show. I was really uh, looking forward to just having a great conversation and uh uh going to places no none of us have maybe even thought possibly to go to, which is part of my wandering kind of process, you might say. Yeah. I I like to like discover things and uncover things and um partly when I said wandering, at some point in the middle of my professional uh development, I literally picked myself up and went on a journey for almost a year, wandering around in India. So uh, I, I put on hold what was a development thing. And then that like created you. the problems in my life because I every so often had the urge. I felt compelled. I had to go back on the road uh-huh. and how build a career when you're constantly disrupting that. So that was been an ongoing challenge throughout most of my life, actually. Uh, but. Uh, it, this kind of process uh, really started way back earlier on from even when I was undergraduate and went into graduate school. I started out as a research psychologist and I was one of the um, probably earlier pioneers doing research on meditation practice. I mm-hmm. was enamored. I was a child of the 60s and things, but I there was a burgeoning kind of interest in that, but not much being actually researched at the time. We're going back to the late 60s, early 70s, yep. and so which tells you my age, probably. Um, but in, in any event, I you know, so I was I, there, <laughs> yeah, I <have> cohorts, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was actually fun time in certain ways, also very challenging. Oh, which, yes, yeah, but that was informative, that really helped shape a lot of my interest mm. mm-hmm. and concern. Mm-hmm. And at one of when I was in graduate school, there was almost no um research being done on an experimental professional kind of like research academic level. In fact, when I first introduced the idea to my uh, supervising, um, you know, professor, he actually fell off his chair laughing so hard because it seems like such an alien idea. And so, of course, I felt challenged by that and I kept on pursuing it ever since. So, you know, I I got into doing my my PhD uh, was on meditation practice, a certain aspect of it, particularly looking at the nature of what were the underpinnings of why meditation, what what, what makes meditation meditation? Mm -hmm. And in part, it dealt with the whole nature of what what attention is and how you can, and how there's different types of attention that could be cultivated different from what we normally think of as selectivity. So that became the um, burgeoning starting place of this kind of long journey. But I, uh, just to give you a little more of the timeline I was on, I went ahead and um, retrained, and re-enrolled in another program that they called the Retread Program. where I went ah. from being a clinical, being a uh, research scientist or psychologist mm-hmm. into becoming trained as a clinical psychologist.
1: Okay.
2: And all of that, I was really interested in the experience of what changes in us that that would fit into this idea of what consciousness is.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
2: thought I'd be better served in playing with clinical work and and working with healing. Yeah. And so. As I got into that, you know, um, and then I came, uh, I, I went through this program that qualified me for my internship back in New York City. I um, I got caught of an idea where I could not receive my licensing. I was short by two weeks of bona fide work experience. Yeah. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take a little leave of absence here. And I ran off and I decided to go wander in India for a whole year. It started out only for a couple of months, but it just kept on going that way. So that opened the whole thing. But Somewhere in this mix, I had already been playing with meditation. I was always interested in psychotherapy. And one of the big challenges that I saw in the field at the time, and it's probably still to this day, is how much um, therapeutic orientations, interventions that were done actually did harm to the the, the, the client or the patient as Hmm. much as maybe some healing. And what I mean by that was the kinds of interventions, particularly if you look at psychiatry, especially in some of the earlier generations of medications being used, had a lot of side effects. Now, if you were a schizophrenic like that, you would be taking these medications that would create tardive dyskinesia, all these other kind of things. And it really was something that a lot of patients had difficulty with. It was an intrusion in a way. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. maybe a best possibility for the moment, but it wasn't necessarily going to be in the service of the biggest kind of outcome of as far as being holistic. And I was Mm -hmm. interested in what would be better—that would be as least intrusive, that would be no harm or little harm—as we help people, um, you know, learn how to cope or whatever that might be.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I had an epiphany. I was hanging out in um, Rajasthan, someplace in the middle of a heat period. It was like 34 degrees at nighttime Celsius,
1: Hmm. which is
2: very hot. And um, I had this insight, and the insight had to do with relaxation. I mean, wow. I've been working a lot through my meditation work and seeing the connection with relaxation, coupled couple of attention to actually form that kind of way we, we actually learn to meditate. Um, okay. But what I began to recognize was relaxation was basically in accordance with what I think is universal. It's a universal mm-hmm. principle. And in a way, it's in, in accordance with the universe. Mm-hmm. So we are doing no harm. You can't hurt yourself doing relaxation.
1: Okay.
2: Right. And I began to look at that and realizing, okay, now, obviously, people had objections to even that, because some people, well, no, if you start relaxing, let's say, if you're dealing with someone who has psychotic kind of uh, tendencies or issues, you're going to bring up all kinds of stuff that they can't cope with. <clears throat> but that's not because of relaxation, it's just because mm-hmm. of what they're dealing with. That, true, that, too, can also be dealt with. <clears throat> the real problem with a lot of that stuff is that people, they truncate it. They cut off. They, they retreat from... You know as something's arising they stop yeah. oh that must yeah. be hurting me no you're now entering into a healing process mm-hmm. that if you keep following that it yeah. will unfold so i think a lot of like treatment would actually truncate the mm-hmm. impact that could have no, so that I, makes
1: sense
2: yeah so i began to kind of go on a mission that way
1: mm-hmm. so
2: that led me into then you know when i came back from my journeys i started uh I took up the course to become a clinical psychologist and uh, actually started practice. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I've been picking up all these different threads and ways, but this underlying current of the nature of relaxing was always there. Uh And the only other thing I'm going to point to is that the relaxing was not meant to be a a momentary experience you have. It was a gateway towards connecting to your body through which you cultivate whole body presence how we come alive to ourselves as an ongoing operation you might say mm-hmm. so that's what became my whole work and everything else i've been doing because like i'm no longer involved in clinical work i'm uh-huh. now a transformational life coach uh-huh. but this still runs through all of how i begin to work with my current clients so interesting. That's some of the journey, some of it right yeah there.
1: yeah no it's so interesting it it and it makes so much sense. It, you know um, I think so many people just have never spent the time to really think it through. Um, And I know from personal experience um, just how much so many of those prescriptive medications for people who have, have um, you know, some sort of psychiatric issues because my mom had was given a lot of them um, Mm. and none of them had anything good. I mean, they just, they always ended up with her trying to kill herself. I mean, it was just, (laughs) it was
2: much like that happening in the clinical scene that I was looking for something that might be gentler yeah, and actually plugs into a self-regulatory process because in terms of letting go and relaxing and following that flow, mm. Mm. Um, if I can't handle it, there's almost a built-in mechanism. On it. So there's a stop. So you can always self-regulate mm. as far as you can go until yeah. you to return to checking it out further. But it's a journey. Yeah. And so that got yeah. me to think a lot also. And, and just to kind of uh, jump ahead a little bit later mm-hmm. on in my life, um, I did a stint working for the military. Mm. And I was working with the, the war fighters and the families dealing with like mm. how to address the military lifestyle and all the redeployments that were taking place.
0: Oh, but
2: in there, I began to play with how to work with, you know, uh, you know the Ar- army and the air force and, and other mm. personnel to help them um, uh, learn what relaxing could offer. Uh-huh. And so I began to do trainings through the auspices of a lot of the chaplains helping me come on board to connect with them. Uh, okay. And out of, out of that, I began to put together this kind of little like uh, notes that became the book I actually published called The Insider's Guide to the Art of Deep Relaxation. But the key thing that I was trying to bring home in the book, and it was meant to be part of a larger tome, uh-huh. but we have just put it out there now rather than wait, um, had to do with shifting the the sensibility about the nature of relaxation, not as a fixed thing you get, mm-hmm. but as a process. It's like catching a wave that you surf. And if I can begin to catch onto the idea of how there's an unfolding taking place that never ends. Mm-hmm. So, because most people, again, going back to this idea of truncation, they will think in terms of, okay, now I'm relaxed. Now I'm doing that. or, but no, it's an ongoing process. A very yeah. simple idea. You can almost see this in action. For instance, if you took your hand and you made a fist and you tighten mm-hmm. your arm and you held yeah. it there for a while, which is a typical thing they do in, like, you know, um, progressive relaxation. Uh, and then, okay. so even for 10 seconds, then you let go. You just drop the arm. You just drop it down. Uh-huh. You'll notice there's also, a, you can feel the releasing. You feel sensation yeah. in there. You could feel like tingling or a heaviness, warmth. If you keep following that, mm-hmm. it, it stop. It just keeps going.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Most people won't pay much attention to that, they'll go on to the next thing. Or If you stay with it, it just keeps unfolding itself. Uh-huh. So That gives you a glimpse as to what is the direction of a relaxing process. So that's uh-huh. what I wanted to bring home and emerge uh-huh. that. And this is now a journey because if I continue following that, there's layers upon layers, you begin to become more attuned to very deep places in yourself that hold back still. And by opening to that, you realize there's subtler and subtle levels of where tension exists in your body that can be now released. Okay. Following that to the point where you realize you just, dis- you disappear. Yeah. The, the concept begins to dissolve itself in a way oh. you open up to where where all come. Everything comes from source. You know, there's yes. a place where there's an emptiness. Yes. A grand vista that opens up is so much more uh, full potential. So oh that my becomes God, yeah. the spiritual journey we're talking about. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So I'm thinking about that because we're talking about this as a process that has phases that can keep opening and expanding. And one of the big things I was really looking for, what makes me whole? Mm. Where do I start? How Mm. do I know uh, what's true for me? Ah. This became like a a place that I began to recognize to where to start. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I know that we, we get exposed to many teachings Yep. and all different sources and stuff and all these how-to principles and things like that and it's almost like well, what do I believe what can I trust yeah and I said you know no matter what's going on of all these wonderful ideas I could be exposed to and mm-hmm. learn more from the one thing that's really I can count on mm-hmm. I, I have a body yeah with, no matter what's going on, I'm this body's with me if I'm not in my body I don't exist
1: <laughs> that's no. true unless you're in a science fiction movie right <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because a lot of practices, a lot of like mystical traditions, actually a, a lot of them discount the body. Yes. They, they they feel, well, I need to master the body so I can control it in a way that it does not disturb me or interfere with me connecting to God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and there are a few other traditions and mm-hmm. one I have affinity for might be through Tibetan Buddhist practices or mm. um, somatic meditation mm-hmm. where through the body that I unfold the path towards God or towards spirit. And and so there's, is that kind of idea in this, but along the way, if I, if I, if I'm lost and I don't know what's going on, I'm confused, I'm depressed, I'm whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. The first thing I know is I have my body still here. Yeah. Let me start there. So a good place for for people who are listening to this, maybe a nice little practice to do Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on, especially when you're walking. Okay. Or is to drop your attention down into your feet,
1: Ah.
2: in the soles of how your feet meet the ground. Bring some awareness to how you are connected beyond your body into the ground that supports you, and that's a Mm. good place to start from, at least to find yourself. Automatically, when you're doing that, you're beginning to ground yourself into the earth, which is actually the base upon which we get a lot of support that we don't even recognize. So I know, no matter what, I can do that.
1: Yeah, no, I I like that. I like that. I'm gonna have to try that because I um I don't pay enough attention to my feet, and so I'm always tripping on things.
2: Well, what's happening is that notice if I bring the intention to connect to my feet, mm-hmm. it drains away from this absorption into the thinking process. Mm-hmm. At least for okay. a moment, and then yeah. I can stay a little longer with that. Yeah. So that's kind of the practice. It's a way of working uh, because I think. Most of the difficulty people have is being too uh, absorbed in the belief that their thinking is the way through things. Yes. <gasps> yes. And quite frankly, most of it is pretty old, redundant stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. That you already have thought about. There's nothing that new in there. If I want to find something new, I need to change something in my organization of myself temporarily. I
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. can
2: invite in another possibility. So oh, yeah. even the moment I get into the physicality of my of my being, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I begin to have a space that allows for something new to show up. Oh yeah. My,
1: yeah, yeah, new and new and fresh, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, some other schools that I think you and I have had some common ground with mm-hmm. really speaks to that a lot. But the point is, is that we are so self-identified with mm-hmm. how we think, and uh, there's something about this thinking process that's so seductive.
1: Oh my God, yeah.
2: I mean, it's compelling. I mean, my, my take on that in a way, one, one dimension or nature of what is thought is that it happens so fast that before you know is it, it's, it's, it's demanding attention to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it begins to kind of shape what is now you consider to be real, but it's all made up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's a whole journey to explore yeah. and dismantle. And it's a marvelous kind of approaches to really looking at that to help you see the nature of that. Um, I, I, for me, it doesn't matter what that is. If I can come back to my body and just open up to the letting go, mm-hmm. I can globalize that experience. So even though you start with the grounding in your feet, mm-hmm. eventually you realize, okay, there's more than my feet here. I have my ankles, I have my, my knees, my thighs. <laughs> also the whole of me has opportunities to be felt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. if there's a journey to take, is to begin to generalize that, that those part, partial places of lo, locations of felt sense to how there's a, a general kind of quality about how that feeling is. And that's why I love the term felt sense. which I think it was first termed by uh, Eugene who developed an approach called focusing. Oh, OK. Um, which is wonderful because he, he would talk about in psychotherapy what helps uh-huh. therapists actually be successful. Uh-huh. And, he was helping them see by helping people connect to their bodies and, and having a felt sense of their life uh, they, they, they can confirm or um affirm uh-huh. understanding themselves and so it was a way to gain insight and there's a whole body of work there alone worth investigating hmm. you having a felt sense of my existence my being can be generalized into this kind of atmospheric quality so that's what i am talking about uh-huh. when we talk about Whole body presence? What is it when I can begin to feel the atmospheric quality it's kind of like background thing all the time in my life? Because no matter whatever I'm doing, this is always here. I can always be aware of it if I give some attention to it. I don't have to be absorbed in it, but I can still keep some awareness of the whole of my body as I go about doing things. So in oh a way, we're talking about another way of relating to yourself. Because absolutely. Most people, you understand most people When they want to do something, they pour themselves into the activity to the point that everything's absorbed in that and they forget their body, you're lost to, you know, yourself over time like that to get this one thing done. And they end up putting too much emphasis, too much stress. Like how often when you're driving a car, do you find yourself really grabbing the car's wheel, right? Well, how much do you really need to control the wheel? Mm -hmm. If I can begin to catch myself, I can let go of having to force myself in that direction mm-hmm. and be more complete and whole. And this is actually one of the places where I used to train uh, Olympic athletes. I had an mm-hmm. opportunity with some athletes to actually come back to feeling the whole of their body as they ran, let's say. And w- what was happening, because most, most athletes, if they're not in touch with their really masterful you know, star mm-hmm. athletes, are in their bodies. They know what I'm talking about. The ones who tend to uh, get injured, they're forcing Mm -hmm. themselves too much in, trying to make themselves run faster
1: and out of balance.
2: Well, totally. I mean, because you're kind of going in a direction where you kind of skew, Mm -hmm. you know, where you think the application has to be to the exclusion of something else in your body. Mm -hmm. Coming back to your whole body, they were able to relax and stay inside that, but just expand from the whole, and they would improve their times, they would run faster. So uh, that was like an interesting kind of shift in how they could perform yeah. better. So what I'm trying to talk to you about right now, I know I'm probably going to on and on and on. And on <laughs> I, I see that if I can really tune into the quality of this relaxing process, mm. there's no end to the benefits that can be gained both in terms of peak performance, health, uh, of, it can save your life. And I have things that testimon- testimonies to uh, talk about that, but mm. it has a possibilities here
1: oh absolutely absolutely and i think especially as as we all get older it's it's something we need to do more and more because we just there's so many old habits that we've developed over the decades and (laughs) yeah and and so we just do stuff it's like oh okay yeah like you were talking about with driving the car but we get that with anything. Oh, I'm going to make a salad. Oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I find my thoughts going off in one direction while I'm trying to, and I'm doing things just kind of through habit. Um, and it, it's just, it's that old mindfulness of being mindful of whatever you're doing and wherever you
2: are. And, um. and I think it's an interesting thing you're bringing up here because um, in that mindfulness mm-hmm. still there's a challenge. Because when people start bringing attention to what they're doing, Mm -hmm. it's actually disruptive at first. You know, it it gets in the way. And a lot of people, this is not going to work for me because it's now upsetting how I normally do something.
0: (laughs) That's the idea.
2: (laughs) Well, it's the idea as a starting place.
0: Yeah.
2: And what we're talking about, once you disrupt Uh so much, uh, it just helps bring in the challenge. Should I be doing it this way? a lot of things you're doing where it works just fine, but I'm not being very awake to that and I'm probably not even enjoying it because I'm not awake to it. So if I can just be somehow still doing what I'm doing, but be attentive in terms of the physicality, the felt sense of that, mm. it actually can enhance the joy of it. So that's another thing mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. So what about coupling ourselves, reconnecting ourselves, so there's this idea of being part of my body, not, you know, dominating my body. Right. I, I think, well, we talked about this earlier, but uh, I think there's a message or thing I would want people to at least appreciate is that there's something about learning, finding to be friends with your body. <laughs> I think most of us yeah. have brought, been brought up and raised that the body's a, a vehicle through which we can accomplish things. So it's there. I'll never forget, I had a, a, a supervising psychologist when I was going through my internships. Just says, my body, what's that there for? Oh, it's there to carry my head around wherever it wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, just dumbfounding to hear me him talk. was like a disconnect. No, but if I inherit my body, there's an inherent wisdom in there mm-hmm. that will yeah. guide you. You won't even have to think that much about a lot of things. A lot mm-hmm. of things take care of itself. So it's another way in to really help you course correct or, or or navigate oh yeah and then like i was mentioning before um there's this issue that that because you're doing that the body is an extent by extension is part of an environment you're in i'm not really separate from this environment so by me being in my body and being comfortable being all acquainted with how it it is the isness of it, it it almost extends out into the environment around it the place mm-hmm. i'm in mm mm-hmm. And with that, with that sensitivity, I pick up cues, information that actually can help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mentioned before, like saving your, my life or things like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's as simple as I remember walking down the streets of um, New York City, Manhattan, late one night, mm-hmm. some kind of like street there. And I, you know, I've been working on myself this way, so I had a sense of this kind of way of being. And I, I felt these two people. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, trailing me, and I knew darn well they were sizing me up of whether they should, like, mug me. But I, rather than even turn to look towards them, I just kind of dropped in my body in full presence and and, and, uh. and, and and kind of own myself in all of what I was. They literally stopped, turned around, and walked away. And what, what this is, in a way, sounds kind of strange, almost, you know, mystical. It's not. It was very... Uh-uh. So in my body, I had a composure. That they realize, you know what? He's not an easy mark. He's gonna give us a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And here when you like read about like the samurai warriors. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, that that's like the martial arts. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Like, they you'd be so in the center, almost like you're in the middle of this web. Uh-huh. And they could uh-huh. feel when they're gonna be attacked from a distance. Yeah. Kind of quality. So it gave me that kind of hmm. But even to bring the point home a little better. Um I love body surfing. I, I, I mm-hmm. love getting into the waves and just kind of, uh, and I got, back, at one point I lived in Hawaii and I used to ride these big waves. But I was traveling in India this time. I told you I had this take this long leave of absence in my professional development. And I was down in Sri Lanka and there was this one beach I was on that had a great break. And I went on the break, a good place It's kind of, you can kind of body surf it, but then these world-class board surfers would be surfing the other end and things and the waves were much bigger. Well, I started hanging out with them just body surfing and I was having a grand old time. It was wonderful because I was really, I was younger, stronger and all that and, and enjoy the quality of what I was doing. And I was getting tired, really, I'm tired. And so it's time to come into shore. And so I started swimming towards shore and every stroke I took, I was going further out into the ocean because the the actual the, the uh, current had shifted. Yeah, okay. And so at one point I realized, Jeff, you just done killed yourself. <laughs> I mean, we had this kind of momentary panic. Like, oh my God, I, I, I'm I not going to survive this.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And then I just calmed myself down. And I got very into my body again in, mm. in this concentrated water and felt the all of me here in this water. <clears throat> and I was able to pick up a countertoe of maybe 10 degrees from shore kind of at an angle. Mm. And treaded water catching this very subtle kind of like countertoe wow. and carried away into shore. It took me almost an hour to get into shore. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't even get out of the water. If I finally reached the beach, I collapsed. But that saved my life. And I'm yeah. sharing that with you because what was making the difference was dropping into the stillness in my body, feeling the whole of my body, and as a result, feeling the extension into the environment I was in, I could pick up subtle cues that I could then track mm-hmm. to help me out of that situation.
1: Yeah, that, that actually, I didn't do it quite so successfully, but I had a, um, when I was about 13 years old, I think I, we were, we had gone, went with my parents and we went on a, a trip to Hawaii and I had gone out and, on a surfboard and I had gotten some lessons And then the guy left me out there to practice and the waves were just, they scared me. Oh, they scared me so much. And I just, I, I couldn't, it's like I, I, I had to force myself just to go and get in and I never went back out again.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear that because there is a wonderful experience with that. But I think that you're bringing up is the fear factor that panic Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and panic When, when that comes up in us, um, it blocks off possibility. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know automatically anything I'm fearful, I kind of cramp down on myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And even on a physiological level, I'm now constricting capillaries, the blood oh, can not yeah. more freely. So oh, yeah.
1: No, it was like a panic attack is what yeah. I had out there, is exactly what I had. But being 13 years old, I didn't realize that.
2: But we're talking about in those things, that kind of like dimension, you can see how that contributes towards what gets in the way of healing.
1: Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely.
2: A lot of times when you're confronted um, with some um, diagnosis, so say, mm.
1: you know, people mm.
2: get panicky. They, they contract. They, kind of get, they embrace themselves. Like, I have to fight the good fight. They're doing an orientation towards your body again that's actually counterproductive to what would help them oh yeah yeah i mean the relaxation again is kind of yielding the fear is the thinking about that in other words well if i yield if i let go it'll consume me and i'll die quicker uh, mm-hmm. the will spread
1: no that's the opposite thinking.
2: that's your thinking
1: about it. Yeah. yeah actually the opposite will happen
2: <laughs> I, need, I need to marshal more of the resources that can uh-huh. contribute towards healing yeah yeah so, so it's and I, I, I'm bringing this up now because I realize a place where this could be very powerful mm. is also how to manage pain. Ah uh, Yes. Think about it. Any time you uh, are in, a, in a, an experience that feels painful or very, very uncomfortable, the, the, the immediate reaction is to cramp down on that, is to resist it in some ways. I mean, think about yeah. it. if It was really cold outside. What's the first thing you do? Shiver. You brace yourself, <laughs> right? And actually, when you do that, you have a harder time dealing with the cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I relax. I will find a way where the blood can flow. Oh, yes. Before, uh, there'll be more oxygenation mm-hmm. and warmth can be generated. Mm-hmm. And that can make a big difference. But even yes. more severe pain can really be uh, managed that way, too. And mm-hmm. I'm under- I can attest to that as well. I mean, mm-hmm. um, a couple of years back, I was shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was... Um, Got caught in the middle of some gang violence, and I got shot through the leg. And um, there are many phases to this process, but the thing that was most um, useful in the moment was that even though you can't help yourself, initially you react, you mm-hmm. kind of like recoil. But I, I began to work with how to open up so it wasn't so focused or localized as far as the sensation. And so sort of am blending it into the rest of my body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it was tolerable. I can manage it. And um, it, it helped me get through that until I got to the emergency room and stuff like that.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I have, I have no doubt. It's, um, I know a lot of times when I'm working with people and they start to really get up into their head about stuff, right? And they start to talk a little bit faster and they're, you know, and they're, you can tell that they're just kind of tightening up and, and I just say, okay, okay, breathe just take a minute here and just breathe. Let's breathe, let's do some deep breathing, you know, and then, then we can kind of go back and talk about some of the stuff, but but do me a favor and breathe, because you're not breathing.
2: <laughs> it's a great thing to remind people of, and the yeah. breath is a powerful place, to yeah. kind of remind you how to come back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And it takes care of us all the time. And it's an interesting thing with the breathing, <clears throat> I mean a lot of meditation practices focus Mm -hmm. on the breath.
1: Yes. Oh yeah, a lot of
2: them. A lot of talks about like, well, I need to control the pace at which the breath comes and goes. So you can Anayama uh, things in yoga. Uh um, which if you're not sensitive enough to yourself or careful could actually be actually harmful. Oh yeah. You start kind of controlling how you think you're supposed to breathe. Yeah. And the thing it's so interesting about breath, if I just Learn to make it my friend. I learn i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to accompany it uh-huh. go, go for a walk with somebody, you know yeah, uh, yeah yeah together for a while, you know yeah and, and, and so what happens is like rather than trying to make it anything, mm-hmm. the moment I can just be with it and allow it to do its thing, it will change according to what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And more times than not the breath will settle down by itself. And you'll get to a place of calm abiding where it's just, it almost drops yeah. away yeah. as opposed to, I have to keep, breathe eight counts in eight counts out, which might be a good exercise for a short period of time. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately we want to be in relationship. That's more like a friendship.
1: Mm.
2: I buddy up to my breathing rather yeah. than trying to manipulate it.
1: Yeah. Oh no. And I know there's, there's a number of, of the, um, Teachers that I've followed and and some of them I've sat with um, who will just say, Follow your breath. Yeah. Just follow it, which I think is such a wonderful way of thinking about it because you're not trying to control it. You're not trying to count it. You're just, just follow. Let your breath be the lead.
2: So, imagine by extension now, Mm -hmm. breathing is a good vehicle to understand the nature of relaxing Mm -hmm. as as a process you could take anything and begin to enter into a relaxing process it, yeah. you just same thing you follow it if it's a sensation you're having somewhere in your body follow it yeah and you'll find yeah. it'll keep unfolding itself that's right that's and right and there's other dimensions too but at least that's a great way to start
1: oh my god yeah 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 and and breathe into it wherever you find it then then breathe into that that part
2: yeah of I'll, the I'll, body. I'll, Amplify and enhance the experience mm. of what is unfolding. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I'm p- paying attention to the part that wants to move. Yes. And, you know, on a almost metaphysical level, very mm-hmm. um, you know, we talk about the nature of reality and the nature of the universe. And actually mm-hmm. what's built in as part of it, it's in constant movement. Even, you know, the, if you go and look at some of the f- research in physics, you mm-hmm um so we listened to something very recently about this and they would like um try to put um, um an atom inside of, of um you know the coldest possible environment like kelvin zero degrees right
1: uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: and but rather than it coming to a full halt, just stopping freezing or stopping
1: uh-huh. it
2: discovered that no matter how you know cold the bottom line they can get to there's some kind of subtle movement taking place it never stops
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which told me that means everything's in movement no matter what yeah it's it's the Tao.
1: yeah
2: I'm a student of the Tao and uh, I'm a big practitioner of Tai Chi
1: mm-hmm.
2: a way of studying my body and how it can move uh, Yeah, so, and the idea is that we're always in movement there's the stillness we experience is not is maybe the nature of of space mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. but there's
2: movement throughout it all
1: y- yes. Yeah, yeah, that just that continuous,
2: that hum, that kind of like vibration. Yeah, kind of yeah. Like yeah. The that's always the subtext.
1: Yeah, and, and it's your cool. life. So
2: it's the, more the life I, force acts, you know, that way into this thing. I will come to places at times mm-hmm. where I'm feeling this hum of life. Mm-hmm. This is the felt sense we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is continuous.
1: yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so. <laughs> Okay,
2: you' that right now. Notice yes. how we take a pull? Oh it's yeah
1: like, oh. oh no, absolutely absolutely that- no, no I, I got into that totally <laughs> in case you didn't figure that part out. <laughs> um, yeah. so what what would be your suggestion for people who are looking for learning more about this to bringing more of it into their, lives um, and I'll and I'll put on as a little bit of a caveat that um, as with everything there isn't really one one thing that fits everybody right so it's not like oh yeah this is the only thing that, that's gonna do this um, so you know maybe maybe there's a number think... of
2: suggestions that you know if... there are many ways you could play with it I mm-hmm. think the spirit of inquiry, open-ended exploration is probably the most important kind of like mindset to bring to the idea of relaxing Mm -hmm. rather than trying to predetermine what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The only thing we are trying to be oriented towards is noticing that there's a movement in that. It's a process. It's an unfolding. If I at least keep that mindset in mind, I can approach any experience I have. Okay. And ask the question: Well, what could be more relaxing in what I'm doing right now? Mm-hmm. Whatever that might be, whether I'm walking, whether I'm holding something, mm-hmm. uh, I. And then you'll find that you know the pain point with the activity is some things I can't totally let go to. I'm driving; I don't have a limp, and therefore you can go feel the car, right? Yeah. I mean, you, talk, you talk about form. There's a certain way you move the energy. Well, it's not just you know lacks you need to mm-hmm. maintain some balance so there are ways but i can fill it out so you know if, is a way in which i'm going to move my arm a certain way like in uh-huh. tai chi you know, a way of holding the, the arm it's circular where i'm not just fixing it but i'm allowing right. it to open up so there's a relaxing inside the form okay what's well, what in life then because we are form so i can relax more into whatever form i'm I'm, I'm in rather mm-hmm. than trying to limit it. Now, given that as a mindset and a way of thinking, I can play with anything, as I said before. Um, I have a preferred thing I like to introduce a lot of my clients and students to, mm-hmm. and classical it has to do with the whole idea of uh, how uh, people met, enter meditation practices, mm-hmm. um, and you maybe you've heard variations on this called the body scan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, uh, we may either start from the toes and move up through the body or start from the crown of the head and move down. And the whole idea here, whichever way you're moving, that you are imagining almost like an energy field or, or uh, something that as whatever part of the body it touches, mm-hmm. it lets go. Now, okay. thing I would recommend is rather than thinking about letting go or relax, they keep saying relax, which will work to some degree, a bit here and there is to keep paying attention to what's the felt sensation there so as i imagine like this light coming from the crown of my head and Mm -hmm. passing like like you know a ray or something over my body Mm -hmm. as like i meet my forehead what's it like to have a feeling that i have a forehead Mm -hmm, what is the actual sensation of having a nose Mm -hmm. what's it what's it what's it like to feel the space? between my nose and my lips. What I'm doing is I'm trying to open up to an inquiry into the nature of the sensing as opposed to making an image out of it. Because most people, when you start moving through, okay, forehead, I have a con- I have the word there, or I'm making an image of what it must look like or something. Mm-hmm. But that's actually a remote sense. Yeah, When I'm looking at things, that's really design and a lot of times perceptually To deal with things that are more distal, more at a distance.
1: Mm -hmm. This is coming from
2: my experimental background and perception, for instance. But we're talking about, you know, it's not as immediate as the felt sense, which is much more proprioception and inception, Mm -hmm. these other kind of qualities that bring us closer to the alignment of the the way the body operates,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: that I feel physically. Mm -hmm. So thinking about the sensation can be actually a game changer for many people. So that would be one thing to play with right. as you move the body and not to dwell too long. Ah, if right. you're the top of your head and you're moving down, just keep
1: moving. Yeah, that's why it's or called people. a scan, right?
2: scan. <laughs> it's like this, you know, like, uh, you're doing a cat scan or you're doing, uh, you yeah. know, whatever. What we're talking about is to keep it moving as it moves mm-hmm. down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So of course, what will happen, especially in the beginning, a lot of people will get lost to it. well will yeah. even forget, well, where was I? I I I'm yeah. not dreaming. Yeah, and all I can say is wherever you thought you last were, go back to that place and yeah, continue. Right. Yes, yes,
1: yes, exactly. Exactly. keep
2: so moving through the whole thing. If you do that at a certain very gentle kind of pace, mm-hmm. not too slow, not too fast, you could do that over the course of like five, seven minutes. That's a great practice. And then at the end of doing that, take a moment just to feel as best as you're able to hold mm. yourself all at once and then start again, do a second wave. And in this way, what's happening, and what I like to speak into, is that by working in this way, it's like you're kind of remembering yourself. I really, literally Mm. mean that from the term of recollecting parts of yourself into a whole. Oh, here's my ear, here's my knee, you know. Oh, that belongs to me too, here's my toe. It's like you're going through that, it's almost like a chance to remember, oh, all these are me, I can remember myself. Uh And that quality, eventually, if I keep working just with this alone, uh-huh. you start to feel that kind of, that buzz, that kind of quality, yeah. that atmosphere of wholeness. That's what I feel would be the big thing that begins to evolve eventually. And it can happen in a moment. Some people just get it right away, and then it looks yeah. like they can't get it. So I think a <laughs> can be helpful that way. It's mm-hmm. so a way of playing with things.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. And it's, anybody can do it right? I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, um, um, what's the right word? I can't think of what the right word is. But anyways, you can have any kind of issues. You can be sick in bed. You can be, you know, you don't, you know, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you've lost your limbs or something. I mean, it's it's one of those kinds of things that it literally can be done by everybody, period.
2: There's no exception to it. Yeah, notes. exactly. But not having the uh, ability to attend,
0: mm-hmm. there
2: can be some kind of limitations there. Um, but yeah, put that aside, no matter what your situations are, a lot of illnesses, or even when you're cold, a lot of times people approach the idea of meditation or, or mm. relaxation practices. I have to be in the right state of mind. I have to be the right yes, condition. yes. I'm suggesting just the opposite. Right. If I, I start with where I am. I start with yeah. I'm in pain or I'm in uh, suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, If I feel what that is without mm-hmm. judgment, you see, here's the fear witnessing idea. Mm-hmm. Take yep. it in without trying to make something out of it.
1: Yes, yes. You know, and I like the no judgment part.
2: Mm-hmm. When I come full stop into just the being of this moment, mm-hmm. it begins to unfold itself because it's all mm-hmm. a movement. Yeah. Nothing static here yeah yeah so and i like i start with anything my way
1: oh yeah no i think i think that's great and i think the other thing that that comes out of that is um people find that it's that it's changing their lives in little ways without even realizing it you know it's one of those I, kind of practices that that just you know things you can let go of things easier you can find that that you, you're not getting as upset about things
2: uh, is it um absolutely absolutely because it, it, it's not like you have this instantaneous aha yeah yeah as much as it once in a while although you can have it. those but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's almost a like drip, drip 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 it just kind yeah
1: of exactly
2: and you sometimes after a while there's a cumulative effect i used to kind of tell my uh, when i had my psychotherapy practice you know uh-huh it's sort of like putting money in the bank one coin at a time and you accumulate something, uh, you reach a certain tipping point. We have wealth.
1: Yeah. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're you're, you're giving giving yourself something that accumulates actually.
1: And and the other thing I think that goes along with that as well is that people will find that they look forward to it and that they miss it when they don't quote unquote have time to do it today
2: for one reason or another. No, that's why I think great to do a practice. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to limit it to staying on the cushion, or or the chair, or the bed, whatever it might be. The fact that that reminding yourself or or using things in the environment that could even trigger that, where I can stop right now and feel myself in this moment. Mm. Every time I do that, Mm. I'm giving more bank. Yep. And and again, it's it's cumulative. It will begin to shift things.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that that sounds like a really good place to kind of wrap this up because I think that uh, we've talked about some really good things. Um, we've given people some things to think about. We've given people some things that they can do. And um, I think, you know, I don't want to overwhelm anyone at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I, I could. More forever, because I'm so fascinated with this really yeah. opens up. It's almost like if you just start with this one idea of the relaxing process,
1: uh-huh.
2: yeah. the universe opens up to you. There's so yeah. much more potential yeah. that gets revealed. Um, but I, I, I would, yeah. anybody that would love to, um, you know, connect with me more about some of this stuff, mm-hmm. they can use my email address. I think yeah. they have that in the material, right? Yeah, and I'll put that up. Um, and then as a special, well, for your listeners, I'd like to uh-huh. also give you a starting point. You know, okay. The book is there on Amazon, but uh-huh. I can give I can gift you a free uh, copy of the book as a PDF version if you oh, write to me okay. through the email. And just let me know. I'd be interested in a copy of this the PDF. Uh-huh. I'd be happy to send it to you. And I would want to encourage people to join my Facebook group. Just yep. ask to be uh, come a member it's dedicated to all these things we're talking about about the nature of right. relaxation yep. whole body presence uh-huh. the other thing i'll say is that i also will offer anybody who is interested mm-hmm. like, to explore more how does this relaxation actually can be applied to my life my circumstances mm-hmm. i'm open to having a conversation with you mm-hmm. and uh, we we just set up a time we could talk and look at what your circumstances are and seeing mm-hmm. how would that apply to what you are working on whether it be mm-hmm. performance, business, health, well-being, you name it, there's so many places yeah. we can go. So now it's specialized yeah. to who you are. So I'm happy to look for that.
1: Okay. That sounds great. And I will put all of that in the in the show notes. Um, and it will be there for anybody to, um, <clears throat> so that you don't have to go run and get a, a pen or a pencil right now. The, the uh, email address and everything will be in the in the show notes for you all to to see. So thank you very much, Jeff. Um, And hopefully we can have you come back another time. I have no doubt you have lots more good information to share. And um, I am going to do my usual little message here, which is that I am not a doctor and this is not to be construed as medical advice. And if you are having any sort of actual physical issues, that are interrupting your life, please get in touch with your doctor and talk to them or the emergency room if that's whatever level it is of of issue that you're having. And so thank you all for being here. And uh, I will be talking to all of you next week.
2: Well, thank you, Susan. Thank you for the time they share with your audience. And uh, I love the conversation we had. Thank you.